Hey, it's me, Todd Novak from The Guitar Knobs. Oh, man, we got a great one for you. We got a, sort of an EP version of our typical show, so we're, uh, we're really excited about this. Jared and I had the extreme pleasure of sitting with Jeff Schroeder, the guitarist for Smashing Pumpkins, and Drew Foppy, his guitar tech, and also builder of Fopstar amps and pedals. Now, for some of you longtime listeners, you may realize, wait a minute, this is about the third time Jeff has been on the show. You are correct. And if you are not a longtime listener and you want to listen to those episodes, I highly encourage you to go back and do so. Jeff has been extremely generous with his time, as has Drew, who is in the middle of trying to get everything set up for Jeff's show, and he still takes time to uh, walk us around and show us all the gear and geek out with us. So huge thanks to those guys. Drew has some awesome news for us all uh, breaking when this episode is releasing. So that's going to be really cool. So make sure you check out his website for details. We were at the Blossom Center at Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, where the Smashing Pumpkins took the stage after Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds and AFI. Jared and I hung out with Drew and Jeff in Jeff's dressing room, which was um, a little bit reverby, and, uh, you know, we got some room noise, so hopefully you guys can bear with us. Uh, We brought a Zoom H4 and put it in the middle room and just went for it. So uh, your forgiveness on any lesser sound quality than you normally receive from us is appreciated, but we believe the content will more than make up for it. So huge thanks to Drew and Jeff for inviting us out there and hanging out with us and giving us an absolute fantastic night of rock and roll. We really appreciate what they're doing and uh, we hope you appreciate this episode. And without further ado, and away we go. Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wine Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We're super thrilled that you are listening to our little show, the Guitar Knobs podcast. It's a little bit different today. Um, You know, Jared, on the show, we typically are talking to, you know, boutique builders of guitars and gear and whatnot, and sometimes... We are talking to people that are making music with those things That's right. and making uh, making people that make the music sound really, you know, making sure that they're on point. And today, where are we? We are in Cuyahoga Falls. Yes. And we are blessed to be in the presence of Mr. Drew Poppy and Jeff Schroeder of Smash Pumpkins. That's right. We're at the Blossom Center and we're getting ready for a show. We are in Jeff's dressing room. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some stuff. This is like a little EP version <laughs> of our show. Special so, segment. Special segment. Yeah. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Um, so one of the one of the main things that we we want to share with you guys is that Drew has a, a new amp out, and we want to let him kind of talk about that a little bit, and then get into some of the stuff that he's doing for Jeff, and then Jeff's gonna share a little bit about some of the guitars that he's playing, and uh, a little bit more about the the current set on tour. Sure. And it should be a super good time. And you guys have your four on the floor, right? No, I do. I have it ready. I'm ready to go. I got you. It's changed a little bit. See, I don't. You, Drew, you can go. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine hasn't changed. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's three H9s now, yeah, right? No. Yeah. 
there, but they did drop by, even had dropped up the rose. And, yes. and that's that is a really cool pedal. It's totally trippy. Yeah. I I plugged it in and I was like, oh man, he's gonna love this yeah. thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, too much for me. I'll just set, put it back in the box. Yeah. yeah. But on this, you know, with this tour and stuff, the band will use uh, the the, the pedals the same. We haven't changed really the rig since the last tour, so there's really not much to right to talk about. Same, mostly the same. Not mostly the same songs, but. You're you're pulling from the same library. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing that changes is the is the type of buffer we use just for uh, oh, that's uh, true. Uh, logistical reasons, and then uh, I mean, it's working out great. So. Speaking of that, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut to something that I saw in in Jeff's rig. Okay. That uh, I don't want to forget, which was the you got your two tuners. Right up on the on your workstation. On my, on my work yeah, box? so not not, a, not the actual rig. Yeah, but yeah there's there's three tuners. And I, then you I, have the EQ. I do have the EQ. Everybody explain always, that. Everybody, okay. everybody asked so, about the IV. Yeah, even the even the Slipknot guys, the V-Man asked me that uh, this morning actually. Um, so because he's a he used to be a tech, he's a good dude. But um, it's like the number one question I get asked all the time when someone sees a picture of my work box. I have guitar cable plugs into a uh, Boss EQ pedal. Nothing special about it. Then it goes to um, the new Peterson HD uh, stomp pedal, which is amazing. Uh, and then into uh, a Boss TU3, and then out to a, a TC Polytune. Um, the reason why I have the EQ is because I work for a lot of different style bands, and a lot of bands like um, in the pop and the and Latin and, 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 and even rock world use sensitive passive acoustics or acoustic instruments like banjos and mandolins and 12 strings and sometimes when you're on a really really loud stage stuck behind the subs the guitar itself puts out a resonant frequency oh, when you're yes. trying to tune uh -huh. so yep. i have a cheat for it for the specifically going into a stroke tuner is uh you can change the graph to cut all the low end from the guitar and just boost the mids and highs right which basically is all it's doing is it it's it also gives you the ability to have a, a volume boost. So instead of using like a buffer, which a lot of guys have seen use buffers and they just use that to hit the tuners a little bit harder with acoustic instruments or actually use a magnetic pickup over the strings, which is really good, but it's kind of awkward to do. The EQ pedal just lets me hit the tuners a little bit harder with a really soft um, pickup system, which is with no volume or anything. And then, um, so the, and the graph lets me literally choose what frequencies uh, I want to delete or boost in the system and it works really well especially with the 12 strings when you're trying to do the thin you know the double highs and stuff like that sometimes it, it just doesn't register on it on a G or, or something like that uh, with the sub kick in the acoustic and vibrating the top so it's it's a little secret but it's it's not a secret you know what I mean not everybody has their way and and, and you know um, I started doing that out on Fleetwood Mac, and it was because I was literally getting pounded by the PA system on the ground, and I had no choice. Everything's like you know, Nashville tuning with capos, and it works really well with guitars on capos with really thin strings. So, on the 12 strings and, and Nashville tuned guitars and, and, and banjos with a resonant top and all that stuff, it, it, the graphic is 
I mean, it's a lifesaver, some shows, you know? And also, uh, and, and, and on those days, it sounds so weird, but even a silly clip-on tuner can, can react faster than uh, really? anything else because it's it's picking up the full vibration of the guitar. Right, the so, snark. So just to get, yeah. well, you know, I just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the snark. I have like literally six of them and yeah. I bought them all. Um, I used to use the snark on Jimmy's mandolin um, during, during the last tour uh, just to reference it because um, the is Solara was the song before and it was just rocker and, yes. and trying to get a little or a ukulele I said mandolin a little ukulele um, it's tough to tune that little thing um, in a rock show so sure. um, every little every little bit that you can use make your job easier helps so. but between those three tuners do you have do you notice a lot of discrepancy in, tra in tracking or I mean not even tracking but in terms of how it picks up the frequency the notes like I, the, I do yeah, yeah it, and it, it's kind of funny um I do find that the TC Electronics, the Polytune, is pretty accurate compared to the uh, Peterson, um, but the Boss will reference faster. So mm -hmm. like when you're just trying to string real quick, you just pluck the string, uh, use just the Boss. But usually I have those two tuners up there specifically because that's what a lot of guys on stage use. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, uh, if they have like a White Snake, Joel has a Boss tuner and Deftones, Tino has a TC. So I just kind of use whatever they got so I can reference what they're seeing, but then also actually intonate the guitar with a strobe. Um, and then within the strobe, I set uh, programs basically to take each string specific sense, sharp or flat, depending on the tuning and the scale of the guitar and the gauge of the strings. Mm -hmm. So like if something's in like a C standard, I actually have to tune it like, you know, 5.4 cents flat for the low C, because when he attacks it, the initial wow, yeah, you don't want right. the initial to go sharp, It'll go sharp yeah. but you also want the resonant to, to sit. So the way to do that is just microscopically tune it flat, but it's precise every time because it's on a stroke. And then I can, I know where it lands on the other two tuners because, yeah, yeah. you know, just from seeing it a million times, but um, I definitely judge off the off the Peterson first and then the, and the other stuff. Um, but, you know, if, if a guy's saying, hey, I want, so a lot of guys will say, I want this string tuned a little flat. I always have problems with it. Right. I'll say, okay, well, let's get it to where you like it, and then I'll, you know, put so, it on the strobe and see where we're at. Yeah. And then when I do that, I can set a preset for them. And then is it out of tune? Yes. But is it in tune how they like it? Yes. Right. So, you know, I, I, I do hand people guitars out of tune to their liking um, because of how they play. Um, it's very weird and strange, but um, it, it sounds in tune when they play it because they grip it hard or they hit it hard. and. And every uh, every little scent that you're flat or sharp or you know even like James Taylor has it uh, on his acoustics every string's a different scent off really so when he plays it it's a chorusing effect with itself oh wow we knew we used to do that with twelve <laughs> strings with uh, Neil Haywood on on Fleetwood Mac it was just like we would take his high strings and the double strings that are the same we we'd, we'd take them a little bit one sharp one flat so it sounded like a chorus interesting yeah, so yeah. like on go your own way and stuff like that. so that's stuff like that I mean players. Not everybody wants, everybody wants the guitar precisely in tune because of how they play. So you adjust, and that's why I have so many tuners. It's not that I'm a collector or holder of tuners, although I do have millions of them. <laughs> As a guitar tech, it would be one of the things that you would have a yeah. Well, on that note, I mean, you read, you 100% read my mind, because that's where I was going to get, like, everybody plays it a little different, so the idea of tuning it to just open, yeah. is that valuable? 
Jeff, do you play, are you heavy-handed or are you light? I figure you'd be kind of light. Um, I've gotten less heavy-handed over the years. Right. And I can just t actually tell because usually on a tour my nail is totally destroyed, but like now it's fully in. Like actually, this is like half the tour in is no damage at all. Yeah, so yeah I, I've learned that. I used to think like, you know, digging in is better. And sometimes I will play aggressively like on a lead or something, but in general now I realize like, to make a guitar sound, especially with high gain, like not always hitting, I mean, hitting harder isn't gonna actually get you more distortion. Right. It's like you think like, oh, I'm like digging in, and there is a certain sound to that, but also when you think about like a lot of the guys, I like even if someone like Van Halen or something, but he was using like nines, tuning down to E flat, even drop C sharp, you know what I mean? Using like really light strings, thin picks, mm -hmm. but the sound is very percussive and aggressive, so it's a lot of it is, deceiving to what you would think it would sound like. And I yeah. think that what I found over time in terms of trying to get good tone is, especially with the string and the pickup, it's like you're trying to get the, you're trying to get the string to kind of bloom, more like a this, so instead of, so if you're going like this, like a very, you can't wish nobody can see that, but if you hit it really hard and it's like kind of jumping all over the place and then finally settling in, you're not getting the consistent kind of distortion profile, it's like getting, like a little bit buzzier and then kind of mellowing out and so I found that to try and get actually like a bigger consistent sound you actually don't need to hit as hard right you know but a lot of it too is because I've kind of started using thinner strings is kind of how you shake the left hand you know like the vibrato and stuff and 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 so it, to me it's just kind of a combination of all those things so I find that I actually don't play as hard as I used to when you're using compression out there Right, I mean, on some presets, have I do. Have yeah, sometimes I do have a compressor on. Yeah, right. for sure. Because that would also negate the need to like real, really dig in to a degree, wouldn't it? Mm, I kind of use it almost more as like a drive. Like I kind of oh. hit the front yeah. of the amp a little bit harder. Okay. With I use it less on clean, more on like kind of semi-distorted sounds where I just want it. Like I want a little bit more gain or I want to be able to play with like this kind of light distortion but have it be consistent. Mm -hmm. Like a crunchy box tone. Right. Yeah, I'll use the, actually the compressor. And the Helix, there's like a, I think it's like an LA-2A. Yeah. I use like, I like the studio comp because right. the way that it kind of it sounds more than, even though there's a kind of a Dynacomp model, but I feel like that actually changes my sound so much, like those pedals tend to do, that I use I kind of like the studio one. Has your jazz training influenced your rock playing? Oh, for sure. I think it's just more of a kind of a, yeah, knowledge of the fretboard and kind of now I think even like I've like some songs that we play, uh, you know, I'm so much more conscious of like the chord tones I'm landing on or starting from, you know, like what if I'm starting on a fifth or a third or a seventh or... I mean, where before I just kind of just, okay, whatever key, just kind of just go. <laughs> At least now I kind of, I know where I'm starting and where I'm landing. Mm -hmm. So that, 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 you know, big thing is, I think, because rock guys tend to just think scale over chord, where jazz is, for the most part, fundamentally, you're thinking like, okay, kind of this chord tone to that chord tone. And then, and then there's various ways. You might go up the scale, you might do chromatic surrounding of the notes, you might do an arpeggio up, you know what I mean, with chromatics too. But so that I think it's just kind of a philosophically, it's just a slightly different way of thinking about where 
like to rock is more about like a certain type of tonality of like this scale over this kind of key center right um, mm. so yeah for sure but at the same time in this band no one wants to hear like a lot of outside runs and like you know those chromaticisms don't always sound great in in rock sure you know what I mean? so <laughs> but it's just more of like kind of being like an awareness yeah how much do you play off of i i know you know in past interviews we've discussed um, by the way, those listening, if you haven't heard the previous <laughs> interviews, go back and check them out. You were really early on. Like, yeah. I still can't believe that, like, <laughs> I was like what? That was, yeah. <laughs> um, I think episode one, I'm going to get, I might get this wrong. I think it's one, one Oh three. It might've been one Oh three and 37, I think. So go back and listen to those. Anyways, you have mentioned before that, um, you know, talking about stage dynamics and stuff, where you're you're up there to make sure it sounds amazing. Sure. And yeah. pretty much like letting Billy do the, yeah. the show. Um, that said, are there times when you are like really reacting to either like what the crowd is doing, or if if you're you're finding inspiration of something that jimmy's doing or that, sure. that yeah Billy's i doing. think compared to the tour the last tour you saw which was the shiny no so bright tour which was more of like a a bigger scale three and a half hour show basically this set is shorter it's only 90 minutes and we actually i would say we, we don't like it's not like improv but we improvise within the song structures a lot more than on that tour like with certain songs like Super Christ, um, Blue Skies, Bring Tears, and um, we're playing Fire and Rain by James Taylor. Mm. Um, they're different every night. Right. Like, you know, with it, I mean, obviously the song structure is the same. We're not improvising, but so the kind of the foundation of the song is the same, but like I play completely different leads every night. I don't play anything the same. Oh. And then Jimmy okay. plays completely different stuff. So right. in that realm, yeah, we completely reacting off each other um for what it's worth you just mentioned jimmy and uh i was trying to explain uh to my kids they're like they're you know i was telling them about the band and listening, <laughs> letting them listen to it and everything and i said that's my favorite drummer of all time and they asked me why most people oh that's cool you know why and i said that i feel like he his drums are the second voice in the pumpkins where you it you it just it's it just is. Anyways, and it's, that's that's for the drum podcast. Go over there and listen to that. But no, anyways. it's true because I think Jimmy more than other drummers really plays plays and reacts to the vocals. Yeah, and so it, that's such a huge difference. And where you know drummers most usually fundamentally are just thinking about what's the groove, and I'm just I'm just playing this thing that I'm into. Yeah, and everybody plays off that. He is actually interjecting into the conversation all the time I mean then that's really what makes him an exciting drummer I mean he'll, he'll yeah. tell you like every night you'll be like it's totally different yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah not totally different it's not like we're going up it's not like you know jazz odyssey up there you know what I mean but, but like every Return night to forever yeah it's different fills and different you know he'll just go we'll all go for different things yeah. yeah so that's that's interesting so the, the previous tour was was a, a, a show yeah and yeah. this is if it's a maybe a little bit more of a band I would say setting. so because that was you know we were that was having because like I said when you do a three hour show you have to have a different 
mindset. And so we had video screens, which were with synced video, right. and so things kind of had to remain the same. It's, and it's a different crowd where this is, you know, we don't have any video. We're not playing to many backing tracks like we were on that. And yeah, so we're just able to- It's a little more raw. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it's raw because the band is maybe even smoother in a certain way than even that time. Like we're playing- I mean, react like yeah, in the moment. Yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a little more reactive, a little more- Because yeah. it, it's short. So I think we're playing heavier, more in your face, more to the point, a little bit darker. Yeah. Cool. Which Some, is, sometimes riffs just come in Jeff's head and I'll just start playing them here, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find out tonight. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, speaking of riffs and finding out tonight, um, one of the things that, that uh, I, I caught a, like a glimpse in a, in a picture and I asked you about it, I said, hey, wait, you playing the new Flying V? And I love the idea of a flying V in the Smashing Pumpkins, and I love the idea of a flying V in the Smashing Pumpkins in your hands, <laughs> yeah. because you know usually you, you're pretty con pretty controlled, yeah. and um, so talk about that a little bit. Oh uh, well, my, it's an Epiphone actually flying V. It's a Dave Rude uh, signature guitar, and Dave Rude is the I, he's not the new guitar player because he's been in the band probably as long as I've been in the Pumpkins, so he's probably been over. 10 or 12 years, I think he's been in Tesla. Uh, but I became, through other mutual friends, Dave and I have become friends. And so this year at NAMM, they debuted his signature model. And I think they just started coming out with them. So we were talking and he offered to give me one. And I said, yeah, I'll totally use it, you know, to, you know, during the set. And we got the guitar. I think we got the guitar. And actually, I gave him, gave Drew the guitar the day of the first show when we used it that night. It's a great sound, great, obviously great looking guitar. Yeah, yeah. Like, Explain that a little bit. It's what, a, it's a white V, but but the fretboard is also yeah, it, painted it's, white. It's lacquered white, lacquered just white like the, maple. the body. Yeah. Um, no fret markers on the front. It's yeah. got side dots and red, red pick guards. Um, but it's like a like it's almost red, kind of tortoise. Red tortoise yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not a real tortoise. Obviously, nah. for the, you know. <laughs> well, because that, <laughs> no, that, that, that would be cruel. You know, people don't. It's like actually hard to get real tortoise shell. Yeah. Or impossible. Like, not impossible, but it's expensive. Yeah. 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 Sure too. Yeah. 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 Um, Tony hates working with it. Our friend Tony. Yeah. Big yeah. Guardian, he he just. It's the, really difficult. Yeah. Tony's to not here. We miss you, Tony. Sorry. <laughs> you're <laughs> missing out, buddy. Tony Baloney. Uh, so so you're playing you're playing that on a couple songs. Yeah, and it's a, and it honestly it's it's a great playing guitar. I mean, for you know, I think it probably it's like a list. I saw, I looked on Sweet, I made me a list for like eleven, twelve hundred bucks street price, like what oh, wow. eight eight eight, eight hundred bucks or something like that. I mean, totally affordable guitar, and I mean it plays great, plays great. I mean, it sounds really good. I did have you know Jared bring some pickups because. There's certain things that I specifically like. Not saying that there's anything wrong with the pickups sure. that were in it, but I think for my sound, kind of what we already have going on, I knew that, that your pickups would actually give me more of what I wanted. So we are changing the pickups as of today. Right. But, it's a, it, but even, like I said, off the shelf, it's a, it's a great guitar. And Jerry, do you want to talk about those pickups at all? Yeah, they're really cool. I mean, aesthetically, they're... Thank you. The guitar looked amazing. Yeah, the um, so they are. They started out as new old stock clear bobbins, um, and they're 
They're old T-top bobbins, and I'm pretty sure they're from the Kalamazoo factory, and Gibson didn't use them all. So anyway, I ended up with those about 10 years ago. I still have them. And what I did was I painted the inside. I made them, I made them like a, a zebra. So you have red on, on one coil, and you have white. So instead of a, you know your traditional black and yellow, or black and cream, it's red and white zebra. But in the center where all the little metal poles come out, it's clear. So it 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 looks really it kinda looks like the knobs a little bit. It kinda has that look. Mm. Like you have a white underneath clear, just like the knobs on the right. guitar. When you first showed me a picture of those, I thought you had went them with the, with your red wire, because he's got red wire too. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, dang, yeah. that looks I initially did that, but the, the red wire, I thought, was just a little too orangey for the really dark red that's right. on the guitar. Right. So yeah. I they, really wanted to match it as well as I could. I thought that... Looks great. And those are your basically kind of PAF. Yeah. Uh, Alnico 4 magnets, right? Um, yeah, they, they should be 4. They might be 5. I don't know. <laughs> 4 or 5, whatever it takes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Cool. So we're going to hear those yeah. tonight. Yeah. Well, because I, I have a couple other guitars on this or some Yamaha Rev Stars that we put as pickups in. And, and we were talking about it, you know, because they're kind of vintage output. And I have guitars that have really high, what, the JB, Duncan mm -hmm. JB is what, 16 almost? Yeah. And you would think that there would be like a kind of almost like a, like such a radical gain disparity, but there's really not. It's just more of a tonal difference. You know, I think that. I mean, we have a high gain rig. I mean, so the distortion's pretty, pretty jacked up as it is, and so it's it's almost less of like getting getting less of like like more or less distortion. It's more just like a tonal thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've really grown a I've grown accustomed to you know kind of these PAF style things because they this the clarity is that's that's because ultimately that's kind of more where I'm moving to is like I want the sustain I want the distortion I want those things but I want I want clarity more than anything and I found that you know something as hot as a JB which is obviously a classic sound I mean it's you know you can't can't get away from it and I really do like the sound of a lot of records that have that pickup but um, but it also is very specific. You know, this kind of doesn't have a lot of diversity in the tone, especially if you're wanting to roll the volume back. And stuff. it doesn't clean up as well as, as certain things. Do you do you play a lot with the volume knob? Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, less on obviously on like the songs like Bullet with Butterfly or something. There's really not a lot of right. space for that, but. Um, yeah, I'm always kind of riding the volume knob. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, maybe I find that interesting because there is so much going on with your actual rig that, that the knob would oh, no, be able yeah, to control yeah, quite yeah, that yeah. much. Most yeah. of the time I do stuff with the knob, yeah. There's a, you know, one song I had, we put in a volume pedal. Because sometimes I've done, actually it's easier to use a volume pedal, but most right. of the time I, I like to use the knob. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of volume, you got... Drew, we've got your new amp out there. Yeah, it's a, mm. still a prototype. Um, I got two prototypes out here. Um, it's been a long work in progress, and I'm pretty happy with it right now. So awesome! And for the record, we're gonna have you on after you after not after this tour, but I think you got you have yeah. another. I jumped to White Snake for a little right. South American run, and then I come back mid October. Right, and if 
if you are able to work it in during your all the building yeah, of yeah, all this no, stuff. We're gonna fit so that in. You'll I'm be on for it. a full one pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, got a lot to talk about as always. Um, super, right. <laughs> super nerd. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, let's give us a little preview on your amp. Okay, so um, I make really limited edition amps um, based on classics with my own twist on it. Um, I normally only make 15 amps per model. Um, I never meant to get in the amp business. Um, I built one for myself, and then uh, old uh, guitarist I used to work for said, "Hey, I'm gonna buy an amp." I was like, "Funny enough, I'm just making one." He's like, "Okay, I'll, ta I'll take it." I was like, well, "I didn't tell you anything about it." He's like, I, "I trust you." I was like, "Okay." So, and then he, um, his name's Jim Kaufman, and uh, he's a producer in LA, and, and I used to work for him. He, he's played guitar in a band called Opiate for the Masses way back when. So. Um, but since then, he's bought serial number two of everything I've ever built. Hmm. So it's kind of a thing we have, and, and I make him a special. Oh, that's cool. Who, who, you keep number one? Uh, no, I sell number ones. Yep. Um, only thing I keep are the prototypes. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, but the, uh, this new I get I get like number fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes he's a little late to the table. Yeah, yeah, this is like, these are like the, kind of the no, leftover I, parts. Like yeah, I, I send my little jalopies. <laughs> Scratched and missed. Right. No, I'm just kidding. No, he He's wanted a pink one, so I came out with a limited edition pink run just uh, for him. Really? Yeah. No. So yeah. The one you have on oh, here? No, the, the pedal. The, 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 oh, the, the pedal. The Royal I love Prince. the pink. I think I it's great. Yeah. So I, you should do another he, run. He wanted a something, something silly, and I was like, I can do that. So I did. More, more LA Sunset Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. looks yeah. like it matches your guitar over there. Yeah, fluorescent. Oh, oh, I love that thing. There it is. So on, on this amp, I've, I've, people have been challenging me to make a, a, a different type of high gain amp because all my all my amps before are based on 50s and 60s designs, mm -hmm. right? So on, on one amp, uh, my first amp was called the London. It was uh, um, basically a low wattage tweed uh, basement on the front side, and on the second side was a, a JMP, and then it had bias uh, tremolo with uh, different speeds and all that stuff, which were all foot switchable. And the second model was um, called the Little Ray after my little girl, and uh, that one was uh, a tweed amp, but it had a switch on there for the preamps, let you go from a, a Princeton to a Harbor to a 5E3 Deluxe, Sh rerouted all the preamp signal and changed the, the negative feedbacks and all the gain structures and all stuff and the levels. So it gave you three tweeds in one amp, and I did that in the head so everybody could do it. And the third amp was called the Iris, and that one was like my flagship amp, and it was 50 watts. Um, and basically it had a, a 59 basement, 66 JTM45, and a 72 high watt custom preamp. And it was all switchable, not foot switchable, but switchable on the back, with master volume and stuff like that. And, and everybody loved all those amps. And, um, and then someone challenged me to make a high gain amp. It's like, okay, so for the last two years I've been working on this design for a high gain amp. And then, um, Funny enough, one of our audio guys out here said, you know what, man, it'd be really cool if you did like a something small that everybody could just play and, you know, take the tones wherever, because no one wants to carry this big amp around. I was like, okay, challenge accepted. So for the last, you know, I guess a couple months, I've been taking this design that I've worked on this game channel and I've shrunk it down and my amp, new amp's only two watts. So um, I finished. I finished the design. It's like the Apollo 13 of. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. So the new amp is, is two channels, two watts, 
and I finished the design in my hotel room in Madrid on tour with Pumpkins, and so I had to come up with a Spanish name, so I called it Los Dos, which means Perfect. both, or, you know, so two channels, two lots, both of everything, you know, yeah. two of everything. So, um, but it's a handsome looking one too. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be black and white pinstripe, you know, um, some old hand wire uh, grill. It's gonna be a head or 110 combo, something crazy. Um, but the head weighs um, 15 pounds, give or take. Uh, uh, and this combo's gonna come in probably like maybe 18 pounds with a speaker and a, and a little bit larger cabinet. But uh, and are those going to be for public sale? They are for public sale. So on on the twenty second of this month of August, I am releasing the amp for pre orders. And um, I just turned forty, so I am doing a happy special birthday. Run. Thank you, thank you. I'm doing a special limited run of forty of these amps, which is way more than I normally make of any amp. It's a lot of amps. Uh, it's a lot of amps, you know. <laughs> and 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 it's a lot of holes I have to drill. Yeah. Now out. is it is it forty? Are you doing like half and half, half? I'm gonna do, so if someone wants a head or a combo, it counts towards the 40, right? Okay. So I don't wanna do 40 heads of 40. Sure, sure. Just 40 amps, all limited edition, signed, uh, numbered, and dated, um, and, and personalized to whoever buys them. Um, they're all hand-wired, tube amps. Um, uh, foot switchable. Um, what kind of tubes are in that? So I, I'm, I'm just, I, I haven't fully decided on the final, final verdict tubes, but I, so it, the clean channel is going to run on a 12AY7. So the reason being is I've tried every tube in there. You can switch it to whatever, like a 12AX7 or whatever, but the way it's designed is I took the preamp from my iris amp and I shrunk it down and I made it simple so it's just a volume and a toe knob. Um, and then I put a, excuse me, I put a bright switch on there. Um, so if you're playing a Strat and it's too bright, you can make it a little darker or less ball, vice versa. But um, the, the gain structure on there, you have crystal clean to literally ACDC crunch just on the clean channel. Now the dirty channel is a master volume with a gain, which seems weird for two watts, but it really is where the amp shines on this dirty channel. Like I said, this was an amp that I was challenged to do just for the dirty. So the clean channel is just a bonus on this amp, which sounds incredible on its own, but it, it does. Thank you. <laughs> the, so I had, um, the gain structure picks up where the clean channel left off so you can have the gain down like at two and then crank the master volume and you're, I mean, you're sitting crunch, crunchy box territory already. Mm -hmm. And then the gain is gonna go all the way up to like a modded 800, Bogner, um, you know, I think Guns N' Roses, Alice yeah. in Chains tool, you yeah. know, it's, it's pretty much all in this amp and then it's treble, mid and bass, um, volume and gain. So um, now, how does that? I know that you've you've kind of talked about this is perfect for you know being able to play in the home without having the cops called on you, but still getting that pure amp sound and gain out of the amp. Right. Um, but is this? I mean, is this a giggable amp? So it it pretty much is. I mean, it, on the dirty channel, I'll, I'll, you can push 118 dB off of it. You know what I mean? Oh, man. It, it's loud. Two watts That's is loud. pretty loud. Um, uh, all two and and basically the design reacts like it's a cranked 50 or 100 watt amp you have the feel the low end it's crazy i mean it you have literally have to hear it and i know you guys heard it today when jared was playing it oh it was awesome um yep thank you and but it it's gonna blow people's mind when they find out it's only two watts because it has the feel 
the, the feedback, uh, the 3D articulation that a crank amp has, but you can play it at whisper levels and it doesn't suffer from tone loss. Mm -hmm. There's, it's not like a normal master volume amp. It's, it's literally running full voltage all the time send it either channel and it reacts like a f cranked amp and mm -hmm. you get that power amp distortion that most people are trying to get right but they're going deaf trying to do so i mean if you might so the combo is going to be 110 but it has a 4.8 or 16 ohm selector on the back so you can run the internal 10 inch and then plug it to a 412 as well and then you can have 10s and 12s so it gives you, especially for studios and stuff like that, but even on stage, I mean, people use Blues Juniors. I know they're 15 watts or whatever, but I would put this against the level of that any day of the week at two watts. You know, it won't, it won't, it won't max it out um, as far as how clean that amp can get. But if you're, if you're going for a crunch tone, it's going to be just as loud. And that'll probably eliminate yeah. some pedals too. Yeah, I mean, it, and it works really well with volume knobs too. I mean, think about it when you when you play with a, a Les Paul or whatever. Like um, Greg Germino from Germino Amps makes killer amps, you know. And, and and I used to follow his stuff all the time and, and be super nerd with him. Um, we used to talk about stuff every once in a while, and and he just figured it out like how to make the amps react different with the volume level. And I took some notes from him over the years, and and uh, you know, Brian Gerhardt at Top Hat Amps and stuff like that. And when I was in a band 100 million years ago, it feels like that was, I played at Top Hat Club Royale, amazing amp. So all these boutique builders that I've been in contact with, I mean, they share some knowledge here and there on how to do stuff and why they do it, why they don't do it. So I've taken all that into consideration over the last, you know, seven years of building amps. So it, it's been fun. Yeah, you that's know. on how to get an amp to kind of clean up. Yeah, yeah, like why right they, up. why they use specific parts to make it sound good at lower lower sure, wattage amps sure. so the, oh, cool, i've been yeah. really into low wattage amps lately so someone said do it and it's like okay I'll, I'll do my best and it turned out i'm i mean i'm really happy with it i think out of all the amps i've designed i think literally a two watt amp is my favorite design because it does so much and it offers people so much more than what they would ever think it's not just like a practice amp or something like that i mean it's a right. full functioning Gigable, if you might get amp. That's why I brought that up because yeah. I think anytime you say, "Oh, you can play it at home," immediately it's like, "Well, if this is like a toy amp." No, yeah. obviously definitely, you're not making toys. No, but. definitely not a toy. No, no, no. It like, sounds like I mean, it's it is a real amp. I didn't say it sounds like it is like a full real I'm amp. I'm a real boy. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, but I mean, I have I have studios right now. We're really excited to get one. You know, from there. Of, of kind of what what they're looking for you they're like you mean i don't have to crank this marshal in this room and you can actually be in the same room as the amp and and for people who do you know like especially married dudes like myself like if you want to play guitar at night but you don't have want to buy another thousand dollar like you know um type of attenuator or anything like that um which nothing wrong with that but it, if you just want the amp to sound great all the time at any level right then this is your amp you know so it but you know the thing is, is even I, because I tried that at home, like, you know, I'd had it in my studio, my, you know, I just have extra room, and I started to have all these 100-watt marshals, and I got attenuators, but the thing is, is those amps, when you run into attenuator, they're still, like, loud coming off the tubes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, so if you're in a room, and so like, you get, you hear this other noise, like, where this amp doesn't have that right. at all, so, which is... Which is, I think, is so cool. I really think for a studio, what it's such a great thing that you can actually just be in the room, get the kind of reaction between the amp, have the monitors crank, 
don't have to worry about you're literally playing off the amp instead of having to hear it through the monitors. I mean, it's really great. Oh, thanks, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, 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 I think that's, you know, would be like something for recording would be awesome. Yeah. And it gives people the tone variety. I mean, you can go anywhere from the Beatles to high as gain as you really want. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get Van Halen. I heard yeah, that, and I played, I, Jeff played some Van Halen. I played, and I played a bunch of different guitars through it because the other day the guys from Reference stopped by and they brought a bunch of guitars and so I got to play like, like like the new, like the Reeves Cabral signature guitar, which has a super hot pickup with the sustainer to, you know, um, I think they had a Kyle Shutt guitar, which, you know, which actually the pickups aren't that hot, you know what I mean? But like, it handled all these different, like, but totally different style guitar. And then I played this Ibanez, I played my Yamahas through it. I mean, I just, today the Epiphone, yeah, yeah. the Casino. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. It just—it's like kind of like the history of, of like two bams in a yeah. one head. It, it takes cool. you different places. Yeah, for sure, yeah, you know? yeah. Can, yeah, like the clean channel to me is very American. Right. You know, which you'll get in the Britpop territory real fast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not tons of headroom, but it's it's enough to. I mean, you can definitely. It can get like this loud, crystal clean. Like you know, what I mean, it's it can like we can play we can play pretty clean on it. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah. So it was cool. Well, see, we were just talking about the idea of chasing the, the tone. This is on the last show that we had. Um, and it was how people are using uh, pedals to stack to try to emulate the, the oddities that can come from a, a, a live rig that is being pushed. Instead of going, it's going to go into this pedal that's going to make this very specific sound with a pure clean headroom, right? right? So it's just, it's kind of only going to do, you know, in theory, only going to do what that pedal is telling it to do, as opposed to juicing it and getting all the cool, freaky stuff that kind of happens when you start getting <clears throat> different harmonics and frequencies yeah. happening. And so, what you're actually, what you're making solves for some of that to a degree. Um, obviously, when you have much higher volumes, there are other things happening, right. but you're, we're trying to emulate the sound of a fully freaking pushed amp with, with overdrive pedals. Totally, and, and, and like with this new amp I have, it's not, it's not even like you're emulating anything, you're getting that. Tone. Right, I mean, right. Like I said, you literally have to hear it, because it, yeah, I mean, to compare to anything else isn't fair. Like I play the Marshall Class Five amps, and, and those are great for what they are. You know what I mean? But the cabinet design and whatever it, it definitely needs a speaker upgrade. You know, mm -hmm. but it's a it's a great little circuit, or whatever. But it doesn't touch even the clean channel of, of what the reactiveness and and the, the you know three D um, basically the harmonic content of of the amp because that amp can only do so much, but. You know, it felt yours felt very alive. Like right, which right. We plugged in. It's it, weird. I heard. I heard. Uh, you know, it being played, and you got a couple clips out there on Instagram, um, and it sounded sounded good there. But you're also going, well, I'm hearing that through Instagram, but right. hearing it live was, um, it just it felt very alive, but not obviously overpowering, and it didn't feel like it was cheating because it was a lower lower you know volume right and that was ultimately the goal right so just trying to make something that players are used to hearing um but not having to go deaf to try and get that right. tone. Yeah. 
I mean, I love Well, what I like about it too, though, even on the distorted channels, even if you crank the master all the way, it, it, you get that kind of power amp saturation right. in a different way. Or you can get, or you can crank the preamp and have the master a little bit lower and get more like that modern high gain type of, type of sound too. Right. Um, so that's, that's really fun. So you're, you're building those, uh, the, when are those going to be available? So I, I'm start, I, they're not officially available. Uh, I'm going to build them one at a time and they're going to be made on a per uh, order basis. But on, on the 22nd, just a play on the lowest dose thing this month, <laughs> um, I'm opening. That's uh, coming up. Yeah, yeah. In, in That's a couple like days. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm open pre-orders. So all it takes to reserve an amp is 50% uh, down. And, um, and then when I finish it, the rest, um, I am a one-person company, so I cannot front all the parts for it. So a down payment allows me to have um, all the stuff shipped to my sure. house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the heads um, we came up with uh, final pricing the other $2. day. Two dollars. Two dollars. Plus. No. Yeah, you need a dollar now. They're totally affordable. Uh, the head is going to be fifteen fifty. Uh, push shipping and then the 110 combo is going to be 1675 um, plus shipping but uh, um, totally affordable 100% hand wired um, built one at a time by myself um, every hole I do myself drill it on drill press every single thing it takes me forever but I I don't want to cheat anybody out the experience of what I've offered at 15 amps per model. I'm putting the same love and time in every single one of these, so they will take some time to build, um, but that's why I'm hoping people get on this list early because I do anticipate them all selling out. Yeah. I don't, I don't anticipate by December having any that haven't been pre-ordered, so fingers crossed. I don't want to like jinx myself. <laughs> they, I've, had, sure I've had, I've had a, lot, no, of, a I mean, lot of interest on it from a lot of cool yeah, players yeah. And, 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 and studios and, and, and um, uh, all my stuff, like I don't really have huge advertisement where uh, pretty much everybody who owns one of my amp is an artist I work for or a tech I've worked with, which means they're already out on tour right. with them. So it's been great. So people who have them are already using them on tour. So right. I don't, that speaks for itself or as far as for me, um, people are like, well, I need to hear it first. And like, when you're going to have a demo amp, I've had a couple people, um, ask me, can you send it to my, like other guitar techs? Hey, do you have any, you can send out my, my guy wants to try one. I was like, I, I really apologize. I'm they're made to order, but he, they can just trust me on this one. And I, I, I've never had anybody not like the stuff. It's been, it's been really good for me because it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but I'm just putting my take on sure. how I feel amp should be. Now, the one that that we heard out there is that is that zero zero or is that zero one? That is <laughs> that is stays in my bedroom. <laughs> However, there is I have I have serial number one out there, and um, uh, serial number one is going to our audio guy out here. His name's Clark. Um, He's the one who challenged me to do a low wattage design. That's cool. And, yeah, he deserves it. And uh, well, that's I think that's so he told me that this Yamaha THR I was had it better than that thing. Oh yeah. THR sound great too. They do sound great. They're but they're, they're, they're yes, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Friends like you who gets enemies, man. <laughs> <laughs> so number one and number two are spoken for. They, so. they are, and, and normally I don't do that, but uh, it, it, it's something that 
I wouldn't have even done this without without Clark, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> without the challenge of. Uh, originally, we were going to do two two eights um, desktop thing, and it still may be an option for people who want two eights just for fun. Um, I will be making that cabinet when I get home. I haven't been able to to figure it out yet. So I have a question for yeah. Drew. Yes. Because and all of you guys, but to weigh in, I think it's a good way to end it. So cool. I um, I saw on Tim Pierce's YouTube show. He goes to some vintage guitar store that's next to his studio, and they had one of these new um, amps that's basically a, a reproduction of Jimmy Page's Supro. Oh. You know, and like I guess Jimmy Page gave his actual Supro to this guy. He for years went through and took readings of everything and so they were able to recreate the amp and I think they made 30 of them and so you know the, and the Tim plays it with the tally and it's I mean it sounds amazing it sounds exactly like Zeppelin 2 Zeppelin 1 it's, it's I mean it's like the sound you're like holy shit that's that's it I'm like wow that'd be really cool and so then I went to the, I can't and I honestly I'm not, I can't remember what the name of it. It's like L.A. Vintage Guitars within Burbank or something. Okay. I don't know. They have it. And I looked at the price, and the price was thirty thousand dollars. Wow! Oh my for a brand goodness. for a brand new amp. Drew, please explain to me how could one amp cost thirty thousand? I think it was like. Thirty thousand five hundred or something. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. It was like, right. It was like an extra five hundred. Like and you know, it's like, just like, the you know, side. You're gonna pay thirty thousand. You'll pay the extra. Yeah, yeah. How could Plus they, tax. Oh. How, how can people charge that much? Well. I mean, it's supply and demand, really. They have something that... I mean, they're signed by Jimmy Page and all Yeah, I mean, this is like, like you know, I mean, but... Still, but... You, you, you and I both know it doesn't matter what year you have. You're never going to sound like the guy you're trying to sound like because you're not that guy. Right. You can yeah. get as close as you, you have want. The fingers. It, yeah. That, and just Technique. like the, the, the brain, and, you yeah. know, you need all of that. But yeah. why it's 30000 I mean, good on them if they're selling it. I mean, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. But even like the John Mayer signature amp, it's like ten grand, right? So it, from PRS, it, it's not cheap. Um, and I, I understand like some of those amps take a lot of research and time. But I think I think with that one, I think it's it's literally. Um, you're buying something that other people can't have. Yeah, and then well, that obviously the exclusivity yeah. of it, but right? But I'm even even like the old argument with the Dumbo lamps, why they're you know fifty to eighty thousand dollars nowadays. You know, it, yeah, it happens. Happens. Yeah. yeah, and they sound great, but I mean, to rock and you know PRS, they make the same thing for less. Yeah. I, <laughs> but if I mean, if I have the, the name, you I've got the it. Black Magic, the, yeah. the Super Black Magic, and I sound just like Jimmy Page. Totally so. right. Uh, <laughs> So like if you, if you open it wide up, what's interesting is it's got it's got um, two channels on it, but it's not clean and dirty. There's two channels, right. so you can either have the the first channel or you yeah, because bands back then wouldn't have clean and dirty. It'd right, just be like so two, two different voicings. You yeah. can get really subtle different voicings depending on how you mix the the two together. Oh, you yeah. can jump them. Yeah, it's essentially like a, it's yeah. exactly what it is. So if you run out of one and two, but then 
kind of like if you lead with one and, and, and you know, it's almost like stacking a drive. Right. It's, it's interesting. Subtle, but it's there. You know, Super makes great stuff. When Bruce Sinky went over there and basically kind of, you know, re redesigned some amps, yeah. I mean, they took off and they're, they're still yeah. going. Keeley, Robert Keeley has his own uh, yeah, Super he did a lot design. Of mm -hmm. I mean, great company. I got, if, if they're charging 30, 30 grand. Well, they're not making that. Oh, no. It's like some other. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm going to say because super, super can charge whatever they no, want. No, no, no. It's not, not to, to be clear, it's not a Super. Okay. Yeah. It's I traded mine for a Hot Rod Deluxe, so it's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, be, I'd be intrigued to see it, try it. I mean, I, I, I got no hate for them for it, but I, I, maybe I think. Maybe in LA. I, you can, I, yeah. Go and try I, it out. Maybe. Cool. I have to get to LA first. But. It still is not as much as a Dumble, though. Yeah. No. I mean, you can get Dumbles for discount but not not for 30 grand way more than that yeah well dudes this is i, I want to be respectful of jeff's time he's got a show to go play yeah which we cannot wait to go see and um i really appreciate you taking time yeah it's a really good thing for this. those who don't know because maybe i don't know what this will come out maybe by the tail end and no I'll, it'll be out like pronto i'm gonna so i'm gonna have, fast line this okay, one so we have eight shows left kind of right today yes. so it's right. great bill afi opening and then Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds and with Gray and then us so it's I mean it's a really great pack it's a really musical night I mean every show has been awesome so yeah. it's like one of the best tours I've ever liked in terms of vibe wise like Noel's crew is great Noel yeah. is awesome hilarious guy and everybody out here is great yeah, yeah it's it's total lots of Brit, lots of Brits yeah. everybody's <laughs> always arguing over their football team exactly. yeah for sure exactly. alright well we'll wrap this up uh, thank you everybody for listening and uh, make sure you get out and check out uh, all of the pumpkins latest release stuff and I'm assuming there might yeah. be something like yeah that. we're working on a new record I mean we started right before we went to Europe so we in like May we tracked drums their bass drums I think we're gonna maybe track one or two more songs with you know what right. he's gonna do because but basically that so September October awesome we're in guitar land, you know, doing that. So, um, cool. Yeah. So there's a new, like when, where, how it's going to come out. I honestly couldn't tell you. Sure. I don't think anybody knows. Um, but next year there'll definitely probably be, there'll definitely be new comments. Right? Looking awesome. forward to it. Looking awesome. forward to it. Drew, thank you so much. We're going to have you on there. soon. Yeah. Jeff, thank you. Have a great show yeah. and we'll see you guys later. Subscribe. Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarnobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarnobs. Catch you next time.